Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hey, hello everyone and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. As most of you know, we're offering our current season of shows to explore the overall topic of celebrating your life joyfully through its ups and downs. After all... Who doesn't experience the many ups and downs, which are the constant changes that make up living in this world? No one, of course. If you are living in this world, the ups and downs are, well, unavoidable. Nonetheless, our job as incarnated, immortal, and eternal souls here is to learn to surf it all with as much grace and wisdom as we can through all of those waves generated in life in this world. We started this season by sharing with you some of the bigger ups and downs that we've personally encountered in our lives right from the start of the year. In fact, our absence from being able to broadcast our new shows live each week for the first six months of this year was a direct result of us navigating through those new changes. We decided to share some of our experience to offer you a particular perspective of how we personally relate to what happens in our lives and how we live our lives on a day-to-day basis. Remember, we are only able to gain any wisdom by actually living our lives and learning all that we can from our experience, even when mistakes are made. You might be able to easily memorize facts and figures by thinking about them, but you can't gain wisdom without living your daily life. We'll continue to relate what we're addressing in each of our episodes to our own life experiences and offer some of the tools and practices that have helped us successfully and often miraculously navigate ourselves through some of the dark, stormy seas. For today's topic of exploration, we're asking, how do you deal with the psychic peer pressure of group thought? Well, how about that? Many of you might have struggled, especially while growing up, with peer pressure. Well, guess what? Like everything else in our life, peer pressure in the everyday physical world begins at a much higher level of energy and consciousness. Peer pressure begins at the psychic level beyond time and space and trickles down into your experience of what happens on the physical level in this world in time and space. So... By the time you become aware of any kind of peer pressure in your daily life here, you've already been under stress psychically for a while. And usually, you don't know exactly why you felt like you're under pressure to hurry up or to stop working or to do something more or to change in a way you're not in agreement with or check your phone every other second. For psychic stress, you don't have to have someone physically present breathing down your neck with some kind of threat or ultimatum. You just sense or feel it, even though you might not have a clue where it's coming from. You might feel like you're doing something wrong, even 
when you don't know what it is that you are doing wrong. Or you might feel like you're always trying to hurry, hurry, hurry up because you're running behind in everything and think it's all true because you are behind in work and at home and everywhere else. Are you sure that's true? Hmm. Perhaps you need to take a look at it all from a fresh, new, third-eye perspective. That's one of my favorite perspectives. <laughs> Sometimes you might feel like you should be doing something else with your life, even though you know you are doing what you love to do and choose to do it at the time. It may seem to you like someone is constantly telling you that you should get a real job or you should have been married by now or that you are feeling pressured to hurry up and have children. Well, guess what? Chances are you do have someone or a whole group of someone's telling you a lot on a psychic level all of the time. George Orwell's science fiction dystopian novel 1984, now a classic that is even more relevant as a pressing cautionary tale in our current society, introduced the vocabulary of news speak, including terms like doublethink. Within a couple of years following its original publication in 1949, the idea of groupthink showed up. In the early 1970s, psychologists conducted a study on groupthink and the part it played in shaping our societal culture. Today, the American Heritage Dictionary defines groupthink as the act or practice of reasoning or decision-making by a group, especially when characterized by uncritical acceptance or conformity to prevailing points of view. In our show today, we're looking at group thought from the more psychic perspective before it actually manifests into most people's awareness on the more intellectual and physical levels of thought, emotion, behaviors. Unlike the situation in which the more traditional ideas of groupthink are observed, what are the chances of those who are subjected to the psychic influence of group thought that they will become aware that they are being influenced by the group thought in their own thinking, decision-making, and actions. Just like George Orwell's message in his novel, only the awareness of truth can keep you free from becoming another lemming in the group. So the first step, of course, is for you to become aware of what kind of group thought you might be becoming the effect of at any given time. I experience the energetic effects of the psychic peer pressure of group thought quite often, especially when I'm in the process of making important, life-changing decisions. For example, at the onset of our new challenges at the beginning of this year, due to the medical diagnosis of AML that explained why Michael was having such a difficult time with his physical condition, I was committed to supporting him in every way I could. That included supporting him in the decisions he made about how he wished to proceed in his life. Naturally, I had my own wishes for him to stay here in the world as long as he could, yet I felt that those wishes were secondary to what he decides about how to proceed with his own life. Some people find this very difficult. I did too, but I'm aware that it was what I needed to do. Well, you could imagine that I was very aware of the combined thoughts of those closest to us 
but also of the group thought agreements generally held in our society at, at large in relationship to those closest to us making decisions about their lives. Most people get scared and they confuse what they want and need in relationship to someone else, especially those that they are closest to, and project that upon the other person as to what that person has to choose or do. It's one thing when parents have to make informed and hopefully wisdom-backed decisions on behalf of their young children, even against the children's wishes or demands, but once one is an adult capable of making their own informed and hopefully wisdom-backed decisions, it's really up to that adult, isn't it? Yet, all too often, I've heard people saying to the partner or sibling of a capable adult something like, you can't let them do that. (laughs) You've heard that before. Of course, at one time, in certain group thought circles, a husband was expected to make his wife conform to his wishes. Aren't you glad that's gone out with the dark ages? We only wish that was the case. So I had to be extra aware and mindful that I wasn't swayed by the prevalent psychic peer pressure of various group thoughts in how I responded to Michael's decisions for himself, especially in terms to the way he wished to approach his healing journey for the duration. In my situation at the time, there were various group thoughts that permeated the energy of our psychic environment. There were various group thoughts on just the medical level, for example, then group thoughts regarding what's right on a spiritual or even more holistic level of healing. That was part of what I was addressing to people in general when I put out our announcements and newsletters, asking everyone not to send in their opinions and expectations and judgments in whatever form of healing advice because Michael has been a longtime public figure, and of course, we felt we needed to be very transparent about what was going on with him. Indeed, I requested of everyone who wanted to support us, especially him, in the healing journey to let him be and just have a vision of him surrounded in a neutral, loving space of golden light. And yes, ha <laughs> I'm still here. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you might have noticed I've come a long way so far in my healing. And I'm profoundly grateful for, for and appreciate all the loving support we've received in so many different ways over the past eight months. When you let the brightness of spirit that we each already are be just as we are then miracles become possible. Contrary to popular belief, trying to make the right or best thing happen actually backfires most of the time. That tradition of making things happen developed a kind of mentality and culture of forcefulness and control. Rather than giving ourselves and one another, the appreciation, respect, and unconditional lovingness that empowers us to live the miracle of our inner spirit nature, trying to force our perceptions of what is right or best on ourselves or others defeats the very purpose for which we might believe 
We are insisting on it. What about when the person you're trying to help is a baby or someone who is in a coma or one who is mentally incapable of making wise decisions? Aha! <laughs> the bodily or mental condition that person is in at the time is actually not who that person really is. So don't ever define yourself as your condition, whatever condition that might be. Whatever your condition appears to be at any given time merely helps you fulfill one purpose or another. So Raphael mentioned earlier, sometimes as a parent to a young child or a guardian caregiver in some way to somehow an incapacitated adult, we end up having to make decisions for others' well-being. Yet that doesn't preclude us from discovering what the true decisions are of the real person beyond whatever conditions in this world make them seem unable to make such decisions for themselves. Who is the real person? It's what we generally call the soul the highly conscious, creative, and capable spiritual life essence, if you will, that is incarnated here as that person on the outside. Ah, we're a person on the outside. In the inside, we're spirit. Once you learn to become more aware of the inner soul that animates the outer person, and learn to communicate with them from your being spirit to them being spirit, you can find out what that soul's decisions are on how they would like to proceed in their life in this world. Well, naturally, while first learning to do all that, it helps enormously to seek out assistance and guidance from those who are already quite experienced with doing that as part of their normal, everyday life. Much like you might seek out a licensed doctor or expert healer to help you when you're seriously ill or injured. None of us here in the world are meant to go at life and its many challenges alone. If you're not aware of that already, you'll discover that part of the global awakening of humanity that we're currently going through comes from each one of us sharing ourselves more with others and living each day in cooperation rather than in competition and conflict. This is also why it's important for you to become much more aware of how you might be living under the influence of psychic peer pressure of group thought. Now, it's also important to know that psychic anything originates in a much higher bandwidth of consciousness than where your thinking happens. So if you allow the individual or collective thinking of others to affect you on a psychic level, you begin to create part of your life according to the demands and expectations of others' thoughts. 
if you buy into others' thoughts that you pick up on a psychic level, such as through telepathy, let's say, that will automatically lower your natural psychic energy and awareness to a much lower frequency. It's like when you obsess about something, your natural expansive awareness gets much more limited to just your awareness of that one thing to at least the partial exclusion of everything else. This is also why most meditation practices tend to begin with quieting the thinking or mental level of your mind. In fact, since so many people assume that the mind is all about the mental level, many teachings use the term mind as almost synonymous with mental in a similar way that many people believe that the mind is contained in their head. The real meaning of the popular edict that is often given by those who are more spiritually oriented, you have to get out of your head, isn't about getting yourself out of the area of your body defined within the skull area. It's about going beyond the confines of your thinking part of the vast mind or consciousness. In truth, one aspect of your beingness is awareness itself. So for you to go beyond the confines of the mental level of your mind, it means you need to expand your awareness to include higher levels of consciousness, such as the psychic and spirit. The avenue through which you become aware of those higher aspects of the mind and life is what many people call intuition or psychic awareness. And to open your awareness up to those levels of experience, you need to empty out a good portion of all what many people consider their normal thinking activities from that part of your mind. Otherwise, it's way too easy for you to unconsciously fixate your awareness on just thoughts in that portion of the mind that perpetuate them by thinking more about them in the form of judging and arguing with them, trying to stop them, trying to figure them out, trying to solve them as problems, and so on. Many beginning meditators experience them as mind chatter. Well, we're almost at our first break, so I'm going to interrupt Michael's train of thought here, but we'll get Choo-choo. right back <laughs> right, after, right after the commercial break. But we wanted to let you know that more and more Awakening Souls are discovering our new Learning Sanctuary for the Soul, a new website. It's at livethemiracle.com. We'll continue to add audio classes, seminars, and retreat o- retreats over time. But our ongoing series of standalone and themed bundled classes, you might be more psychic than you think, is up and running with 63 full two-hour audio self-study classes you can pick and choose from to help you develop your soul abilities for your spiritual growth and fulfillment. For anyone looking for a comprehensive foundation course, we also have all six levels of our psychic tools and life mastery practices for fulfilling your soul purpose course available on our site. Check them out at livethemiracle.com. It's time to live more of your psychic life. When we return in just a bit, we'll continue with How do you deal with psychic peer pressure of group thought? 
We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer, the award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. In our show today, we've been exploring what psychic peer pressure of group thought really is. Let's continue and find out more about it and how you can learn to deal with it. Yeah, before the break, I was talking about, you know, why it's important to uh, recognize how much of what most people just considered as normal thinking that goes on every day in their is so-called heads. <laughs> and and they're going, well, I was just thinking this, I was thinking that. And then some people, I'm sure everyone knows at least one or two people in their lives that just, uh, what do you call that? Um, uh, they have no filters. <laughs> They'll just say whatever comes up in their mind, even if it's totally way out in left field. Or extremely you know, uh, in, insulting or whatever the case might be, they just go, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then they go on to something else. If you observe them, especially if you observe them on a psychic level, you'll see them just becoming, they, they, they get, they fall into the various thoughts that are passing through their mind at any given moment. Oh, well, can you stop group thought? Can you stop the psychic, you know, peer pressure of group thought going on in the world at all times, day and night? It doesn't stop because you go to sleep or something. It's just, you know, you might not be aware of it. <laughs> and so, no, you can't stop it because that's where everyone's at. 
But what you can do is to not fall into it. And that's what I was mentioning in terms of the mind chatter that a lot of beginning meditators talk about and struggle with is they sit down and they quiet their minds and everything and they're not, you know, trying to uh, think about everything and everything. But once you start to quiet your mind, you start to become extra aware of what's going on in your mind, especially at first on that mental level. Because if you don't start to manage that mental level, oh, you're not going to become aware of pretty much any, you know, pretty much anything else <laughs> beyond that. So, what portion of that constant daily mind chatter that goes in on uh, most people that at first they may only become aware of in, say, meditation, or some of you might be aware when you're trying to fall asleep and you've had a very stressful day at work or whatever or something's going on in your family and it's hard to go to sleep because oh all this mind chatter oh, what about that and you find yourself thinking going over and over over arguments and you know this that and the other thing <sighs> that's all part of that group thought pressure on on uh, peer pressure on on your psychic level. It's coming in on a psychic level because nobody's sitting there by your bedside necessarily, you know, screaming that at you. <laughs> if they did, you'd you'd recognize, oh, these are not my thoughts. These are the thoughts of these people that are surrounding me on, around my bed, telling me what to do or what I should or what, you know, on and on and on and on. Ah. So it's in that space of quiet when you're meditating somehow, consciously meditating or, or, you know, accidentally meditating, and you start to become aware of all that stuff in your head. Huh. How much of that is group thought that's just floating around through your space in the world? Okay, quite a lot of it. And why especially group thoughts? Well, there's usually a lot more energy in a collective group thought floating around in the ethers, if you will, rather than just one person thinking it. Have you ever wondered how much certain group thoughts that are provoked by, say, political leaders or even a blitz of a TV commercial broadcast, say, during the Super Bowl or the World Cup or, you know, uh, during the break in the Academy Awards or whatever it's going on that's of big interest for a lot of people around the world. Or, let's say, the news media, you know, what what's repeated over and over, oh, headline news, da-da-da-da, this is going on, this is going on, this is... And, and it's not just presented in a neutral form of this is what happened. This is what's going on. No, it's always got a slant to it, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's backed by the opinions of either the person speaking it or a whole group of people who are running the show or whatever. And how much of that that millions of people are tuned into 
consciously tuned into. They want to hear it. They want to see it and everything. It's one thing. But how about all the other people? Maybe they're just too busy trying to make a living or whatever, and they're not thinking about those things. They're not interested even. Yet, it's in the ethers because millions of people are thinking about it. And amongst those millions of people thinking about something, uh, how often do you find everybody thinks the same way? No. If you... You know, this. if there's one group of people thinking this way, there's bound to be another group of people thinking the exact opposite way. <laughs> That's duality. Yeah. And so, so you got all this going on uh, in, in the world. So then, have you ever wondered, you know, what is that group thought that produces the psychic peer pressure? It's what a group of people collectively agrees to think about it in a certain way. And that starts to produce group thought that can build enough psychic peer pressure. This is the way it is. This is reality. This is the truth. And, well, guess what? <laughs> it's not. It's just what a group of people are thinking, and they're entitled to their opinions. They're even entitled to their judgments, but judgments are never truth. Never, ever. <sighs> but how many people would even unconsciously, unwittingly, conform in their, th their own thinking to those thoughts as if they thought those thoughts themselves? Yeah, I mean, this is the way I've always thought. This is the what I think. Are you sure? <laughs> or are you on are you thinking under the influence? <laughs> A simple example of how group thought inflamed psychic peer pressure escalates is how scandalous gossip makes its way like wildfire through the avenues like these days, social media. Next thing you know, people on the streets are spreading the misinformation or at least partial and biased opinions as if they're the gospel truth, along with genuinely believing that they feel this way themselves. Oh, this is the way I feel. Are you sure about that? <laughs> because group thought isn't just some neutral thought just floats by no it's backed by emotion ah Conviction. because yeah because this is what's right no this is the way it has to be no this is you know we're not going to take this anymore whatever the case might be hey everyone's entitled to all that but do you want to get sucked into it just because one group of people think that way do you just want to join the crowd? Ah, that's called mob mentality, right? So all too often, a verdict of public opinion is already handed down long before the trial on a psychic level. And that's why in high-profile cases, the jury has to be sequestered in hopes that they can remain more objective. Yet how much do the jurors become the effect of the psychic pressure of the collective group verdict 
that permeates the psychic airwaves in the outside world. Uh-huh. Have you ever wondered when you were somewhat out of sorts, without any good reason to be, that you may have been living under the influence of psychic peer pressure of group thought? Whether that collective thought was the belief of your, let's say, family members or friends, workmates, neighbors, church groups, social groups, or maybe society at large in your area. It's a well-known fact that especially at the more elite level of performance in sports or in performing arts, the physical skill levels are quite close between the performers, but the real difference between success or failure for them is in their mental game. Yet, what many of, they don't, of them don't quite realize yet is what influences them most in their ability to handle their mental game. Aha! It's the psychic peer pressure of large groups on the mental level of their mind. And I observe this more and more now than ever, since everyone is awakening more at whatever level of awareness they're already at, and that means many of the young performers in various fields of endeavor today are opening up more and more to their psychic awareness, whether they are aware of it or not, just like all of you tuning into our shows. I find this subject so interesting because group thought sometimes rules the world if we're not careful and you know there's the other side of it too is when group thought is tuned into the truth then you have group agreement on a very positive level and that right there can start to create the changes that we're looking for including the continuation and widening of all of our awakening processes um, which will include everyone not just the ones that are awakening now, but everyone. And the methods in which are that are out there right now to squelch that are quite huge. You know, Michael was talking about going into an environment where the psychic peer pressure is really strong. And my, one of my favorite examples is going in, into a place to buy a car. <laughs> and, of course, the psychic environment there is, you know, sell people the the car at the highest price they can get because they're going to make a profit and the, it's a group agreement within that car sales place and there's nothing wrong with doing business in a sense but if you're the purchaser of that car or of a car the person that wants to come in and buy a car and you're not aware that that energy prevails you may give away your free will to the programming of that kind of group agreement. Yep. And, um, you know, the, the psychic peer pressure that comes from the group agreement, Raphael mentioned, oh, yeah, but how about if, if the agreement, the thought agreement is, is about the truth? Ah, here's one way, here's a little rule of thumb you can use is if that group thought is pressuring you ah, to, to choose this way, my way, or their way, you know, them against me, us, or whatever the, 
thing is, if it's divisive in any way, it's not the truth. Oh, that's pretty simple rule of the thumb, isn't it? If the thought that's plaguing you in your mind, and even before you become aware that it's group thought or anything or somebody else's thought or anything like that, is it true? Is it based on the truth? If it's divisive in any way, if it's pressurizing, if it's demanding, expecting, judging in any way, it's not of the truth at all. That will make it easier for many of you, whether you're in meditation or whether you're in the business meeting or a family discussion or whatever the case might be. If the thought that's, that's haunting you in your mind is divisive, right off the bat, you need to remind yourself, oh, this is divisive thought. It, it, it can't be the truth. It's that simple. Huh. And and truth never because the nature of truth is it's one it's undivided. That's the nature of truth is it's never divided. So that which is never divided cannot ever be divisive in nature. When you become aware of mind chatter, they're all divisive. Is it this way or that way? Is it this? Is it right or wrong? Is it better? Is this best? Is you know what? It it pulls away. It's in competition with other thoughts. And yes, group thought based on truth is incredible. It will move literally. It'll move mountains. So you'll you'll notice this is what's the the power of team you know it's it's when a group of people are in agreement on a non-divisive level you could you could create miracles absolutely our second break is coming right up and just so you know michael's award-winning book you are the answer makes a wonderful gift for anyone seeking their sole purpose it's available from amazon as well as through our office for a specially signed copy. Also, for any of you who would like to go further on your spiritual path, self-healing, and or psychic development, how about a wonderful gift of a class for yourself? We have all kinds of audio self-study classes and courses available to purchase and download. Look at the truth of this for yourself. You can go to our new learning sanctuary for the soul of many of our audio classes and courses we offer at our brand new website, our brand new second website, actually, livethemiracle.com. When we return, we'll get back to how do you deal with psychic peer pressure of group thought. We'll be right back. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. 
the best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. How do you deal with psychic peer pressure of group thought? Well, that's been our topic for exploration on our show today. So let's see what else we can find out about psychic peer pressure, group thought, and how you can learn to manage all of it with awareness. While we've been preparing for this show, uh, one of the things that came to my mind was an experience I had when I was about 19 years old or so, way back. Um, (laughs) Oh, that wasn't a couple (laughs) years ago? No, let's see, that was... (laughs) Uh, about 70, I don't know, 71, 72, something like that, 1972. And it was during the Vietnam War. And at the time, I lived in a little apartment above a bookstore in East Lansing, Michigan, right across from Michigan State University. And we were all, uh, you know, those of us that were in or near colleges, we were all very uh, politically oriented uh, against war. You know, we were the, what I call the hippie loved of peace. Uh, you know, we were trying to bring peace to the world in our own way. And some of it was through freedom of thought and all that kind of stuff. Well, what happened was, is something was kind of hinky was going on during the Vietnam War, where uh, it was so bad that the media had a blackout. And I don't know how this happened because we didn't have internet or anything, but somebody organized all the colleges uh, pretty much around the country, I think, at least, because I was in the Midwest. Michigan State University is smack in the middle of the Midwest. And the media blackout caused such outrage because we wanted to know, everybody wanted to know what was going on over there and to bring our boys home and the whole thing. And what happened was, is people became so outraged about this, there started to be gatherings on the Friday of, I I wish I could give you dates, I'd have to go look up when this happened. It had something to do with um, uh, some kind of mine, you know, landmines or water mines put in um, that they didn't want our young people to know about. And so anyway, uh, the protest gathered very, very quickly on the Friday. I remember this because I was on the second floor and I could see it happening. And 
the mob came together and there were thousands and thousands of students that came and all of a sudden it was this huge protest right outside the building I was living in and up and down, I think it was East Lansing Boulevard and uh, all over the place. And this thing went on for three days. And here's what happens with group thought and mob mentality when it is manifested in the physical like this is the beginning of it was very much a protest against the media keeping secrets from the people. And it was very heartfelt and and an amazing energy. That's how I remember the beginning of it. But it went on for three days. And, And by the end of Saturday, the second day, everyone was doing drugs, getting stoned, starting to have fights, starting to damage the stores up and down the boulevard there. And, and it, the mentality, group mentality and intelligence went way, way, way down. By the third day, which was Sunday morning, I had to walk two blocks to uh, go to my car where I had to drive to work. And what I got to see was kind of shocking. It was all these hungover students, thousands of them on one side. I don't know where they all slept and went to the bathroom, to tell you the truth. And on the other side, just between the place where I had to go get my car, because I lived in an apartment, I had to rent someplace a couple blocks away from my car, were about a thousand riot police. And it was the most interesting thing to walk between the two and feeling that tension and energy of how is this going to be broken up? And what happened was I got in my car and managed to get out of there and not be part of the whole thing. But what I found out later is the t- the tactics of the riot police was not to hurt anybody and no one was hurt that I can recall but they divided themselves into three groups and just started pushing everyone out of that area. And it broke the whole thing up peace, peacefully and safely. And because of the mentality of the people, the purpose for which they got together in the first place kind of broke down. And so this other faction came in, the control faction, to just break up, you know, in a way, break up the lie, in a sense. And when I came home that night, I found out that people had been running uh, through, to get away from it, had been even running through the apartment building and and even through uh, some of the apartments like the apartment I lived in. A few people had managed to get into on the second floor and run, you know, going away from the police. But one of the things that I see that was missing here is, of course, we didn't have the Internet, so we didn't have that close, very quick happening now communication. Um, I would have probably been part of this had, had I not had to work. And, but to observe it from the outside a little bit, I got to understand the power of group thought, you know, in, in the right mind rather than in the wrong mind. Yeah, and what's... That's a sticky word to use, right and wrong, because that's still divisive, isn't it? Yes. And so that's partly why earlier Raphael mentioned the truth. It's based, is it based on the truth, which is undivisive and undivided and therefore undivisive? This is the, the trap 
we tend to get into in society or even within a family or, or neighborhood or whatever is somewhere along the way, even when something starts off with based on much more the truth of the matter, when it becomes a political type movement, it becomes us against them because we're right. Ah, how do you, how do you deal with what's what you know to be for yourself is correct because it's based on healing. It's based on wholeness. It's based on cooperation, communication, community, inclusiveness. And the quote bad guys, the the again, you know, the enemy or whatever is trying to destroy everything. Okay. So you could see that as right and wrong, but when you look at life, the people who you consider to be doing the wrong thing, they don't think they're doing the wrong thing, generally. They're going, no, we're right. You're what's you're wrong. <laughs> right? So that's called divide and conquer. The psychic peer pressure you'll always find that that which is agreement in oneness, the agreement is in healing, is agreement is in uh, bringing the divisions, bringing the, the war, violence, everything to peace is based on not what's right, but it's based on the truth what's whole, what the way life really is. Uh, it's not against anything. And the thing, very thing that Raphael is talking about where something on a group level starts off on the right footing and, and where everybody's intention is really good and it's to bring about healing, bring about justice, bring about freedom, you know, whatever bring about a more a peaceful uh, environment. But inevitably, we know in, in society, how long does that last before it becomes a mob mentality of, no, we're right, they're wrong, we're against them, we're going to make this right and, or make this better than how they're messing everything up. Ah, then who even the group that started the, on the correct footing ends up being programmed into the divide and conquer mentality and they go off the rails. Uh-huh. You see that happening with all kinds of incredible, what started off as an incredible attempt to bring in more awareness, to bring in more healing, to bring in more peace in the world, and so forth and so on. Yet, over time, with a lot of the group stuff, when it gets to be bigger and bigger group, it becomes a bigger and bigger movement, and invariably, there's a large segment of that movement, which may be correct, but they make it into a divisive us against them, and that's where it falls apart. So this is the beginning of 
real healing on a global scale is each individual has to become aware, a lot more aware on, oh, all the psychic peer pressure that's going on on a group thought level and how to stay free of that. Not to go against it. Not to, not to be a thought police and go, no, ah, you're having a divisive thought. You know, you're, that's wrong. <laughs> then you became part of the division. But you don't want to be a thought police. People are going to think what they're going to think anyway. But if you stick with yourself, if you're undivided in your own thinking and in your own energy, then you become the lighthouse in the dark. And those who are ready for having that will see you. Those who are not, who are opposing all that, no, they're going to continue to oppose you. And that's fine. Don't oppose them opposing you. It's, this is what we call being a body of glass. This is called what we call being in neutral, just letting it just pass on through. All those thoughts that you become aware of, the mind chatter, everything, just let it pass through. Don't try to solve it. Well, we are at the end of our show for today already. There's so much more to say about all this. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that our shows inspire you to expand your awareness and deepen your understanding of your psychic or soul life and purpose. Join us again next Wednesday for a new episode to explore the many ways you can Celebrate your life joyfully through its ups and downs. Remember to check out our new link tree at living-the-miracle.carrd.co. From clicking onto the appropriate link on that page, you'll be able to easily access each and all of our online sites from our new Learning Sanctuary radio show host page, and new YouTube channel to our website and social media. Until then, be inspired. Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. <laughs>